my microphone on? Yes, okay. Good morning, everyone. Good to be with you all once again here in God's house to worship and to receive his wonderful gifts of word and sacrament today. Please stand and rise and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. And members of our church, if you see people that you don't recognize, please go say hi. Shake their hand and welcome them to worship today. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is lay minister, Bruce Sletton. Our organist is Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Gabby James and Michael Hesman. Today's service can be found at trinity1874.com. Our radio broadcast today is... Sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship your together. Seats. Let's open our worship today, as we always do, with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we once again are so very thankful for the reason and that which calls us here to this place and time, which is your Holy Gospel. Your good news about Jesus Christ who was born, who lived, who died, and who rose again and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. Lord, we ask that as we worship here, uh, that you would fill us with your zeal. Fill us with uh, a zeal for your house of worship. Lord, truly, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins, and to you only 
His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is number 668 in the Lutheran Service Book. The first two stanzas, number 668. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Oh, magnified the Lord with me. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord heals. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show mercy to your people in all their troubles. Grant us always to recognize your goodness, give thanks for your compassion, and praise your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, O Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading comes from the book of Ruth, uh, the first chapter. It's a beautiful story. Um, uh, I urge you to pay close attention to what's going on here. Uh, if you've come today to hear about God's love, his faithfulness, and his enduring love for you, this truly does set the stage. Ruth chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons, Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Kilian died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. And she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or, or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. This is the word of our Lord. Concerning you. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. Special music today comes to us from the Trinity Choir.
Can we have the children come forward for the children's message and uh, bring your mighty mites? turn around and face this direction. So summer is behind us and what season are we in now? <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we think of Halloween, we think of the season of fall. You know, we had a frost a couple of days ago and it won't be long now. And what's going to happen with the leaves on the trees? Oh, they're going to fall down, but first they turn what? Copper colors. Reds, yellows, all kinds of different colors. That's a sign that fall is on its way. Um, I brought a little something here. Uh, what do I have here? A pumpkin. It's a pretty big pumpkin. I could have brought a smaller one, I guess. Um, so, uh, have any of you and your family's gotten their pumpkins yet? Not yet. Okay, you got your pumpkins. Okay. Did any, has anyone ever had a chance to go to a pumpkin patch to pick up pumpkins? Okay, good, 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 good. So when you go to a pumpkin patch to pick out a pumpkin, what kinds of things do you look for? What makes a good pumpkin? A big one. A big one. Yes. A clean one? Um, a smaller one, okay. A round one. Yeah, I think uh, we did pretty good with this one. It's really heavy. Yeah, this, this is a pretty good pumpkin. Now, when you, we take this pumpkin, uh, what do you do with the pumpkin? Aha! You're going to make pretty soon out of your pumpkin a what? A jack-o'-lantern. Okay, so what do you do with this pumpkin? What's the first step that you do? Well, you pick it, you bring it home, you wash it. Then what do you do? You're going to cut off the top like this. You're going to take the top off. Then what's the next thing you got to do? You got to the new out. Yeah, what? Yeah, what do you got to take out? You gotta take out the guts. Yeah, the pumpkin guts. Yeah, that's a messy proposition. I was gonna do that here this morning, but my wife convinced me that was a terrible idea to do that here. So we're just gonna talk about cutting the top of it off. Then you gotta take out all the icky stuff, the yucky stuff, slimy. You could use a spoon, and there's lots of seeds in there. Well, uh, when we think about pumpkins, uh, something we can think about is this. When Jesus, in his uh, great gratefulness to us, his love for us, 
when he baptizes you, baptizes you, it's kind of like he reaches in, takes out all of that yuckiness in our life, all our sins, all those seeds could be thought of as our sins, and he cleans them all up for us and forgives us all our sins so that we're ready then to the next thing after you take the seeds out and the yucky stuff, you carve the face on it, and then what do you put inside it? A candle. So when we think of the candle, we think of God's word and his love for us in our lives. We light the candle, we put it inside to show to the world and everyone who comes by our house the, the brightness and the love and the light that God has in our hearts through his word. So what kind of face would you put on a pumpkin? What kind of faces do you carve? Scary face. You could? A happy face? I uh, I've not carved this one yet, but I'm going to. And I've got the outline here. What am I going to carve into this pumpkin? A cross. a cross. And the reason I want to put a cross in this pumpkin is when I put a light in there, I want to be thinking about and everyone else to see that Jesus is in my life and the light of his world, his word and the love that he has for me, lest that gospel light shine to everyone. So I want you to think about this next time you see pumpkins. Think about God's forgiveness in our lives, cleaning all the yuckiness out for us, and then the light of the gospel message that we can use to shine. Okay? Let's thank God for his love for us, shall we? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for always loving us, for giving us of our sins, and giving us your word. We love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, go on back to your seats. The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the Alleluia verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of our Lord.
Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our message this morning is from the Old Testament lesson from Ruth chapter 1, as well as from the epistle lesson, Romans chapter 8. Several years ago, uh, there was a movie that came out, kind of a sci-fi movie. The movie, you, and I'm sure that many of you have seen it, the movie is called Contact. And in this movie, Jodie Foster plays this scientist who is not a believer in God, but her, she plays this scientist, and she gets called upon at the end of the movie to try to go to this other planet, to try to go to this other universe. And this is a very experimental procedure. It is, a, it is something that has never been tried before. As a matter of fact, the first time uh, you see in, in the previous scenes, the first time that they tried to send her to this other, other galaxy, it didn't work. Um, and it, it, was, it was just, a, it was, the thing blew up, somebody came, and, it, and, and anyway, it was bad. And um, so she then gets called upon by this really mysterious other man, this really mysterious quadzillionaire who builds this new time, space, time travel machine. And when she gets inside, the apparatus around her begins swirling and the machine begins working as it would and she does have contact with mission control who is outside of this machine but suddenly the machine begins to vibrate and it begins to get really really loud and then suddenly before she knows that she is dropped down into this hole and she goes through this wormhole type thing i don't know i don't know science very well this wormhole type thing and she is going at at 100 million miles an hour and she's probably a little scared. I think you, you can tell that from that scene. But what I, wanna, what I want us to get from that scene is what she continues to say to Mission Control and probably even to herself, even though she may not know if Mission Control is listening. You see, she keeps saying, I'm good to go. 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 And she, begins, she says it over and over and over and over again until finally it gets really, really quiet. And again, she doesn't know if Mission Control can hear her or not, but she keeps sort of saying this as a refrain, as a way to help her to cope with this insane reality that she is currently experiencing. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. In the story of Ruth that we read, that the first chapter of it that we read this morning, as I was telling the adult Bible class, uh, if you were a fly on the wall, or if you were, uh, if you happen to be present at this time, and especially when uh, Ruth has this powerful, um, has these powerful words that she says to her mother-in-law, there would probably not be a dry eye in the house. Naomi, as she says later on that she wants her name to be changed from Naomi, which means pleasant, to Mara, which means bitter, has gone through an incredibly bitter 
and difficult season in her life up until this point. You see, her husband and her sons, they moved to this country called Moab because there is this famine in the land that they were living in. So they had to go somewhere else in order to get food, in order for them to live. And then while they are in this foreign country, Naomi's husband dies. And then shortly after that, Naomi's two sons die. And the only people that are left of this family are Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Now, I think it's really hard for us to, just from reading the text plainly uh, by itself, I think it's really hard for us to understand exactly what is happening with Naomi. You see, in this part of the world and at this time, for something like this to happen to a woman, it might as well have been a death sentence. She has nothing left. It wasn't like she could just go and find a job somewhere else so that she could, you know, somehow support her family, at least not any sort of respectable job. And so her husband has died. And again, let's put this into context. I know that there are many of you here whose husbands have died. I know that there are many of you here whose wives have died. And so not only has Naomi's husband died, her spouse, but then her children die, her sons die. And again, let's put this into proper perspective. I know that there are many of you here who unfortunately have lived longer than your children. And all of this is happening. It seems like all, it all happens at the same time. And so, Naomi, after all of this has happened, she really earnestly pleads with her daughters-in-law to leave her. And why wouldn't she? Because they have absolutely, Ruth and Orpah have absolutely, Naomi cannot offer them anything. Nothing. They would be better off to actually leave, go back to their homeland and try to find some eligible bachelor for them to get married to and to have a life with. Because Naomi has nothing. Not a single thing for which she can offer them. And so, after pleading with her daughters-in-law to leave, the only one that stays is Ruth. Now, as a side note, there's this really this this exchange that happens between between Ruth and Naomi. Oftentimes we get we get we get really focused in on just this really powerful emotional connection that Ruth and her mother-in-law have, which is true. But really what God is doing is he is working good in Naomi's life. Through the death of her husband, through the death of her two sons, God continues to work good in Naomi's life. Because Ruth doesn't leave. Now, Orpah leaves. She goes back, and the text, well, uh, again, we can kind of glaze over it, but the text tells us that she goes back to her homeland to worship the false gods. But Ruth stays. 
Ruth, who is this foreigner, Ruth, who has, who has absolutely no business staying with her mother-in-law, yet it was by being with her mother-in-law and her father-in-law that she comes to know the one true God. And in a way that can only be, de- in a way that can only be described as divine intervention. Let it never be said. I don't want to hear anybody at this church ever say that there is no gospel in the Old Testament. Because look what happened. Ruth has this incredible profession of faith. Where you go, I will go. And your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Tell me that there's not gospel in this story. And so Ruth has this incredible profession of faith, and one more child is added to the family of God. And eventually, we know from Matthew's genealogy, Naomi not only gains a daughter-in-law who has come to faith, but Naomi would eventually be the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus. God continues to work good even when it seems like he has left. And even when it seems like like everything around us and everything in our life is bitter. Just like Naomi said, my life right now is bitter. It tastes terrible. The reason why I picked this text, and and again, as I told the adult Bible class, I used some pastoral discretion, and the epistle lesson is not what the lectionary has, but I changed it to Romans 8 because I wanted you to see this story of Ruth through the lens of Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. Now, if you in the the last, I don't know, um, year or so, if you have come to me for whatever reason looking for counsel, and there are lots of you that, that have, and I thank you for that because I get to do my job then. You probably, and if you have come to me more than once, you have heard this refrain from me. God is working everything in your season right now for good. And to be completely honest, I, I really wish that I could tell you something different. I really wish that I could because then it, I wouldn't sound the same. I just sort of sound like a broken record. Well, he told me that everything was working together for good, but he told me that last time too, right? But here's the thing. Anything else that I would tell you, anything else that I would tell myself when I have gone through seasons in my life that were bitter, anything else that I would tell you would not come close to the truth of Romans 8, 28. For we know that in all things, for those who love God, God continues to work good. And I can tell you, not just in our church, but in our school as well, not just in our church and in our school, but people that you know, 
people that you love, whether it be family or friends, either you are going through a season of bitterness in your life, not just bitterness towards somebody else, but it just seems like your life is just very bitter. It doesn't taste good. It is happening in our church and school. I know that for sure. I talked to uh, a mother just last week, not, not a member of our, of, our, of our church, but I talked to a mother just last week And man, it's like the world is just caving down on her and her family. I know that we have families in our church and our school that are, that, are, that are hurting and are in crisis. And I know that we have families and people in our church and our, in our school that have had to bury their own children. And I know that there are families in our church and in our school that have had to suffer the loss of a loved one. I know, I can tell just by looking out, I have talked to so many of you, and thank you for coming to talk with me. You're just in a season of bitterness right now. And again, life does not taste very good at all. And yet, Again, I wish I had something else to tell you, but I don't. Because the truth of the matter is, the truth that comes from God's Word is that no matter how bitter your life and my life might be right now on this particular day, on October the 13th, we are promised, folks, we are promised by God the Father who gives good gifts to His children that He is working good even now. Now, what is that good? I don't know. Some of the, it, it might be a strengthening of your faith. Yeah, true, yes. It might be similar to the story of Ruth, that somebody in your life through you and through your faith may come to faith. I am reminded of the man who was born blind, and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, well, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, nobody sinned that this man was born blind, but this man was born blind so that God's glory would be revealed through him. So it might be a strengthening of your faith. It might be so that somebody else may come to faith. But no matter what the good is, you can be assured of this fact. That Jesus has a lot to do with your good. Jesus has everything to do with your good. With the good that God is working in your life today. And if you needed any more proof about that, remember this. And I this is something that I remind myself of. Remember that God knows that the Father, that God the Father knows what it's like to lose a son. For he watched and he was present when his son was crucified. When nails were driven into his hands and and into his feet, and people were mocking him, his own creation 
The ones, that, the, the, the creatures that he knows better than, any, than anything else? As they mocked him and as they spit on him and as they crucified him. And it seemed like everything was lost. And it seemed like the devil had won. And it seemed like death was going to be the end. And yet, from the cross come these words. It is finished. What was finished? I, don't, I can't say it any better than the Apostle Paul. The work that he began in you, the good work that he began in you, will, who will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you needed any more proof, if you ever doubt, I do, I do, look to the cross and look and see how God the Father continued to work good even, in the, even amidst his own son's death. The Father, God is so powerful. He is so great and so mighty and so awesome. God can even take your sin and my sin and it will be worked for good. Think about that. Think about whatever it is that the, the sin in your life that you can re- remember, perhaps a sin that you committed. And it might be the worst possible sin ever. It might even be something that you have never told anyone. Not your spouse, not your closest friend, not your pastor. Even that sin, the worst of sins, God, in his great might and majesty and love and grace and wisdom and power and awesomeness, works good through that too. And so when Ellie, in that movie was going through this wormhole or whatever it was, and she was freaking out at least a little bit. And her refrain kept saying, even though she wasn't sure if mission control hurt her, was, I'm good to go, I'm good to go, I'm good to go. Don't say that. But may your refrain in your season of bitterness and mine be those words from Romans 8, 28. I know that in all things, God works good and is working good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and
things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and your life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is which they glorify. This is so by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian outside the church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look at the resurrection of the dead. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. In your pew is a red sign-in book for members and guests. If you are a guest, please uh, be so kind as to fill that out in a way that we might be able uh, to reach you to thank you for coming to worship with us here today. We gather our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, the refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week of your unending love for us, how you're always with us, even during those times when our lives seem to be seasons of bitterness. Keep us focused on you, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgeries, those on the road to recovery. Lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dotson, Mark, Gary Magruder, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rose Marie, Bob Yelenek, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Glennon, Dennis Delwagen, Dennis Nost, Nellie, Gary Deegan, John Eden, Tom Fielding, and Sherry Johnson, the sister of Tony Oberman, who was just recently diagnosed with cancer. Lift up all of these people, Lord, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We'll look up to you in prayer, Christopher Smith, David Hesseman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them, so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you have given to your servant, Pearl Lampy, celebrating 95 years of life, Robert Seniger, celebrating 91 years, and Charles Owen, celebrating 80 years of life, especially for, for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May the celebration of the births be a celebration of life both now and the life yet to come. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer of thanksgiving for the change of seasons. Father, we honor you by many names. Today we praise you as the God of all creation. As we enter into the fall season, we are reminded that everything you set in motion during creation remains in motion to this very day. With summer behind us, we now look forward to the beauty of fall colors, 
to the harvesting of crops, watching our children and grandchildren grow both physically and spiritually. Keep us mindful that even though the seasons change, your love for us never changes. Your grace and blessings are always there for us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and each other. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. 
I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns today is number 790 in the Lutheran service book. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, number 790. Jesus, 
Think on me, number 610. Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you both in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen.
O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn today is number 668, verse 3, number 668, Luther. Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, as always, there is a short prayer session in our chapel right outside the doors and to the left for anyone who would like to join in for prayer. Uh, Mission Sunday is next Sunday, October the 20th. There will be a potluck following uh, the service. Uh, We have Pastor Brent Smith from Mission Central in Iowa uh, coming to speak to us about about, uh, uh, the mission work and the missionaries that they work with and that they send forth. Uh, The voters meeting and another potluck is on for October the 27th, uh, the following Sunday, following the church service. The Ladies' Aid LWML will have a sock and underwear in-gathering today for the children in the St. Louis area. Baskets will be on a table in the narthex for the collection of socks and underwear and for cash to purchase items. Uh, I'm sorry, and for cash to purchase needed items. Sizes needed are child size 3 to adult small. Thank you for support of this mission project. The Turkey Shoot fundraiser for the church and school is on October the 19th, this coming Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. at Ryan and Janelle Stockton's home. Raise your hand, Ryan. Uh, if you have any questions about that, please see him, uh, and he will be happy to answer those for you. 
And the next Friends in Christ event, for, which is for this month in October, is set for uh, this Saturday evening, uh, 6.30 at the Senator's house. Uh, anybody and all are invited to attend. Please bring a side or dessert to share. And then finally, uh, as I'm sure many of you by now have heard, uh, our neighbors just down the road here on 1090 at Ebenezer Church had their church broken in two. Uh, and I guess about $4,000 worth of items were taken. And so we are taking up a collection for them. You'll see the basket right outside there. Uh, if they have, I pray that you're welcome. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to listen by means of this broadcast next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of broadcast at freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.